Hi guys, it's me, Paula, and I pray, and I want to put a message out today I think it's really going to bless your heart about the Proverbs 31 woman, the wise woman, and who she is. And I want to pray right now. This is for men and women, as you may be looking for a good wife, possibly in your future, or a mother to your children. So this message is for men and women. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for your divine revelation, your knowledge, your power, Holy Spirit, come right now on this call. And I pray, Father, that the people who hear this message will receive it with joy. And Lord, one thing will come out, step out of the of the of this broadcast and will quicken them and they will walk in you, Lord, greater with you, Lord Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I was growing up in the Lord, I always heard the story of the Proverbs 31 woman. But that was an ancient time, an ancient book. And to be honest with you, it just didn't fit in modern times, to me at least. I enjoyed reading about her. And I will tell you, there was a moment in my life that God led me to the Proverbs 31 woman passage regarding that she put her hand to something and she worked hard and the Lord gave me a translation at the time that led me to believe that she bought and sold and it's it's sort of funny because at that time I was going to school to get a license to practice real estate to become a, a real estate salesperson in my state so I was studying and sitting for my licensing and oddly enough I came across that scripture and I was I was in one direction in my life I was going down direction of ministry and I didn't know the term marketplace minister so I was just running after God I was a children's pastor a youth leader and I was involved in ministry for many years actually and at that moment in time, I helped start another church with another young pastor and his wife that came into our area. My husband and I helped them. So we were really co-pastoring with them. We were assisting them. We had uh, meetings in our home. We, I did the prayer meeting. We had um, teachings. Uh, we just did all kinds of things uh, to minister to the hearts of the people. We went witnessing. We did street witnessing. I mean, my early years of growing up in the Lord are very powerful because all those are life lessons that God taught me. But my one aim, honestly, my one goal was to just serve. All I wanted to do was serve Jesus. All I wanted to do was talk about him. From the time I got up to the time I went to bed, I just wanted to serve Jesus. So I was ordained in ministry. I was called out. Hands were laid on me. I was ordained, but I already knew I was called by the Lord. When I was very young, I knew he called me when I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And he opened it up further and further to me when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, according to Acts chapter 2. So when this baptism or infilling of the Spirit came in my life, that's when my life really took off and changed. And that's when the Word of God was the Word and the Spirit every day for me. I needed the Word and I needed the Spirit of God to lead and guide me into all truth. So as I look at my past, I think, wow, the Lord was leading me. But this Proverbs 31 woman, I didn't think too much about her recently. 
my sister gave me a little gift for Christmas. And in this gift, it said, Proverbs 31, she, this woman does not fear the future. And I thought about fearing the future because, um, you know, when you're going through a trial, sometimes you, your mind, you're battling in the mind, this mind game. So I was battling in the spirit because I was praying for my husband, for his healing, and I was thinking of the future. But I was more thinking about, I wanted to be faithful to the Lord, and I wanted to fulfill my calling, and I wanted to obey him, and I didn't want to waste any time because... I find time is very precious right now. So this is for someone who has does not understand that when we when we cross over to the other side, when we when we pass from this life, there's no more time left to fulfill your calling. When you get over to heaven, you're not going to say, "Oh, wow, you know, now I can do these things I wanted to do on earth." No. That that time is gone. It's it's gone. So you must understand now is today is the day. Today is the day when you hear his voice. So don't spend a lot of time, you know, being distracted. Focus on the word, what you want from the Lord in 2020. This is the new year coming up and focus on him. Go back and look back in your 2019 and say, where is it, Lord, that I have missed you? Um, Where I wasn't spending enough time with you, Lord, where I didn't hear your voice clearly. So set out your goals. Write down what you want to happen. Um, write it down. See, if you don't write it down, it won't mean anything to you. You've got to make it personal and someplace where you can go back and reread it often. Say, Lord, these are my goals. These are my thoughts towards you, what I want to do for you in 2020. Don't, don't, don't just say, well, I already know in my head or I have a general idea. It, that's not good enough. You must write it down. So that's my encouragement for you. But it's interesting in Proverbs 31 because these are the words it says of King Lemuel, the message his mother taught him. So I'm, I'm going to put this message out for moms and especially for moms right now and uh, dads as well because you play a role here, a very important role actually. But I'm going to talk to moms right now. You know, motherhood has really gotten a bad rap. I mean, not many women today want to be a mother, be nurturer, and want to spend time raising a baby or children. They they just they don't even want to be pregnant, actually. A lot of women today, pregnancy is just another thing, you know, that they are to do a job. But they don't really see the spiritual ramification when you bring a new life into this world, you know. You are bringing a spiritual life into this world. The life of God is in that baby because we're not just a body. We're body, soul, and spirit. We're a spiritual being. So when you think about a birth, everybody says, oh, the angels are singing and the baby is so angelic. Well, I really believe it's because this new life is is the life of God and there are ministering angels that are sent over the children and over us to protect us and take care of us throughout our lives. So I, I think that we're sensing spiritual things like people who are very hard-hearted when they're around a baby. A baby just really melts their heart. <laughs> and they tend to um, become soft-hearted. So I'm going around here looking at this Proverbs 31 again, and I'm, I'm thinking the message his mother taught him. 
So now, who was King Lemuel and who was his mother, you might ask? Well, scholars believe that um, this council that was given to King Lemuel, uh, actually, Lemuel was a pen name for Solomon. If that were true, then Bathsheba was the mother who taught him his beautiful poem. Okay, So when Solomon was growing up, he certainly was a good young man. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for honor. He wanted to serve the Lord, but he felt like after his father David, he was merely a youth and he couldn't do it compared to his father, King King David. So he, he went before the Lord and the Lord appeared to him and gave him wisdom beyond his years, actually. And so um, Bathsheba was his mom, but the story of David, King David and Bathsheba, was a very uh, troublesome one because he actually sinned, David, against the Lord. And the story is that she was out, um, just uh, was a, a woman who had a husband who was on the front lines in battle. And David was not in battle. He should have been, but he was up on his roof and he was looking around and there was Bathsheba taking a bath. So she was doing what women do. She was ceremonially taking her bath, and her maids were around her. So she wasn't a woman who was doing, she wasn't uh, doing a strip tease. She wasn't um, uh, showing herself, her nakedness to David. Like she wasn't out there, you know, looking looking up and saying, hey, David, you know, check me out. I'm all sexed up here, right? She wasn't making herself available. We know this because uh, David saw her and he called her to him. So she wasn't after David. She wasn't exposing herself, okay? So what happened was he had an affair with her and then he covered it up and he put her husband in the front line so he would he would be killed in battle. And um, so Bathsheba became pregnant. And um, this was a great scandal in the, uh, you know, in the uh, palace. So David um, did not repent of that sin for a long time until Nathan the prophet came to him and told him a little story because he did not... Um, fully repent of that. So what happened was his um, his uh, son died. Ba- Bathsheba's son died. And it said David went in and fasted and prayed and believed he could bring the Lord to him so the Lord would bring his son back. And then he accepted what happened and uh, went on with his life but serving God. But he still had this sin in his heart and when Nathan came to him, he said the story of the uh, little sheep. He said there was a man who just had one little, one little lamb. It was his little. It was almost like a little child to him. He took care of his little lamb. He loved his lamb. And one day, someone came and killed that lamb, took that lamb away. And when Nathan was telling the king this, David said, "Whoever this is, we need. He needs to be judged because David was angry." that someone would take and kill this lamb. And, you know, Nathan, he said, you're that man. 
That's what you've done. See, he took a great possession away from the man, the, the husband of uh, Bathsheba. She loved her husband. She grieved and mourned his death. So she wasn't she wasn't the way Hollywood or movies had portrayed her. I don't I don't read her that way. I don't see her. Actually, she turned out to be actually a very good mother because here she is in Proverbs 31 saying, My son, I gave birth to you. You are the son I prayed for. Don't waste your strength on women or your time on those who ruin kings. So she gives him some godly advice in the book of Proverbs. She says, kings should not drink wine, Lemuel, and rulers should not desire beer. If they drink, they might forget the law and keep the needy from getting their rights. Give beer to people who are dying and wine to those who are sad. Let them drink and forget their need and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Defend the rights of all those who have nothing. Speak up and judge fairly and defend the rights of the poor and needy. This is a a great woman. <laughs> she is advising her son how he should behave, how he should rule as a king, and 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 really warning him, warning him to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. You know, immediately what came to my mind are preborn little babies in the womb who have no voice. And they cannot speak for themselves. Um, today we have a holocaust of abortion since 1973 when abortion was legalized in our country. And so many people have been quiet. They're, it's deafening. Their their silence is deafening because no one is hearing or wants to hear because a baby in the womb cannot speak and cannot defend themselves. So here this woman is giving, this mother is giving her son advice. And then she goes on to say, um, it is hard to find a good wife because she is worth more than rubies. Her husband trusts her completely. With her, he has everything he needs. She does him good and not harm for as long as she lives. So she is protecting her son. She's giving him advice. To find a, a good woman is hard. A wise wife. Again, we're not saying all women should be wives. Neither are we saying all of them should be mothers. We're talking specifically now to mothers and to wives. And to fathers too as well. So in Proverbs 31, as I'm reading along here, I started with verse 1. I'm going now to verse 13. And it says, She looks for wool and flax and likes to work with her hands. She's like a trader's ship bringing food from far away. She gets up while it's still dark and prepares food for her family and feeds her servant girls. She inspects the field and buys it. And that was the scripture God had given me. She buys and sells, and that kind of was my, my cue on the real estate end <laughs> at that time. With money she has earned, she plants a vineyard. So she is fruitful. She earns money. She's a hard worker. You don't see her sitting around you know, on the internet all day on social media. You don't see her wanting people to wait on her, no. She inspects a field and buys it. So she's, she's working, she's inspecting, she's not hoarding up things for herself. 
She does her work with energy, and her arms are strong. She knows that what she makes is good. Her lamps burn. Her lamp burns late into the night. When it says late in the night, you know she's up. She's up. She's not asleep. She's up. She makes thread with her hands and weaves her own clothes. She welcomes the poor and helps the needy. So she's she's involved in charity charity work. Or you could say ministry work. She does not worry about her family. It snows when it snows because they'll have clothes to keep them warm. Why? Because she's made these clothes for them. Because they have fine clothes to keep them warm, she makes coverings for herself. Her clothes are made of linen and other expensive material. Her husband is known in the city meetings where he makes decisions as one of the leaders of the land. So she's married to a leader. Her husband is known, so he he makes decisions. She makes linen clothes and sells them. Again, she she has a business. She buys and sells. Now, you could say, I don't make clothes. Oh my gosh, I have to go get a sewing machine and start sewing. Don't be ridiculous. Please don't even try that. That's too funny. If you're not into arts and crafts and sewing and things like that, don't do it. Okay, you'll only go away frustrated. Not every woman is called to uh, make clothing, by the way. I think you know that. But the idea here is that she's busy, she puts her hand to something, and she's fruitful. She works and saves her money, and then she buys the things she needs for her family. So, you know, this sounds so elementary to me, but I, 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 I can't imagine a mother not raising her sons and daughters to do basic things, like... When my son was growing up, he loved to do laundry for some reason. I don't know why, but he got into laundry when he was in the school. So I never did his laundry in high school. He always did his laundry. And he'd go upstairs and separate all the laundry and then do it. He would just do laundry. I think as he played sports and he's always washing something. And and then when he went away to college, of course, did all of his laundry. When he went away to grad school, did all his laundry. I wasn't there in any of those places. He had to fend for himself, you know, he had to rent an apartment, he had to go to the dorm, he had to, you know, go grocery shopping, and he got into fitness and health, so he would, he would figure out how he was going to eat, I never figured it out for him, because I wasn't there, I don't know what he was doing, but I know that he saw me, I know that I modeled that behavior, I know he had a mother and a father who my fa- his father was a hard worker, and I also had a job. I had a part-time job all the time. I was always working either in the schools or I was doing ministry work, but I was working. I always had some job. And so, you know, whether it was in the schools, whether it was in the real estate industry, I worked full-time in that, but I always had a job. I was working. And so this woman in Proverbs 31, she gets up, she works hard, She's not lazy. You know, she's not having everybody wait on her, you know. She doesn't say, uh, you know, oh, I'm sorry, we're poor this month and we can't buy you anything. No, that's not a Proverbs 31 woman. That's a dumb woman. That's a woman who doesn't plan anything. She's selfish and prideful, you know. Really, these women that don't want to work are women who want someone to pay their way, live off the government. Or women, you know, I had a friend that I admire so much. 
when I was in college because she had some little children and she was a single mom and her uncle helped pay for her college education. And I remembered her because she, Lisa, because she was so industrious. I mean, she was beautiful. She's a beautiful young woman and she had these adorable children. But she told me, she said, Paula, I have to go on some government assistance because I need to be home with my children. And she said, I have to study to get my degree in education. I'm going to teach. And she did. She got a wonderful job. She's amazing. But she was a single mom. So she goes, I'm only going to be on this just as long as I need to be to feed my kids and take care of them and clothe them. But after that, she said, I'm getting my own job. And she said, I'm not going to be on government assistance. I really admired her. I really did. She was hardworking. She always took care of her children. She didn't put her kids with other, you know, sitters, babysitters, or leave them alone. She was very good, a good mother. She had to go to class, but she figured out a way to go to class while her kids were in school. And then she was able to pick them up. And then later, she got a job in a school as a reading specialist. So she actually went to school the same time her kids went to school and then got out of school early because she worked like not part-time, but she wasn't a full-time staff. So she was able to get out of school at the same time and pick her kids up. She had it all arranged. Everything was around her children, raising her kids. But I so admired her. And I call her a Proverbs 31 woman. She worked with energy. She didn't have handouts from people. I don't know where her parents were. I don't think her parents were involved in her life at all. I don't remember her ever talking about her mom or dad. I think she had a sister, but I don't remember her talking about her parents at all. She had an uncle who helped her pay for some of her college tuition. And I really want to bring her up in my heart because she was also a Christian, and I loved her very much. She was a, she was also very encouraging uh, during the times I was in class with her. Um, so this woman in Proverbs 31, her husband is known, okay? Well, later, my friend Lisa did get married. She married um, later on, but that was after she had gotten a full-time position in a school, and she was um, uh, on staff, and um, it worked out well for her because her kids were older, but she, she was really someone I want to point out in my message today um, that represents the good uh, Proverbs, at least Proverbs 31 woman in the sense of taking care of her children. And um, so it says this, it says, um, she is strong and is respected by the people. She looks forward to the future with hope. And that, that looks forward to the future with hope. You know, we have a hope and we have a future in Christ. If you don't know Jesus right now as your Savior and Lord, you have no future, you have no hope. This world and the lust of this world is passing away. I just want you to know that. It says she speaks wise words. She teaches others. What does she teach them? To be kind, to be generous, to be loving. Now, I like this part in Proverbs 31, 27. In the translation, I'm reading the New Century Version. It says she watches over her family. You know, the watchman watching over her family. That word spurs in my heart a prayer warrior. She's a watch, watching over her family and never waste her time. I heard a message the other day 
about time wasting. And I, I had to really take correction. I said, Lord, don't let me waste any more time in not fulfilling my calling. Never waste her time. Her children rise up and speak well of her. Her husband praises her. And this is what he said. There are many fine women, but you are better than them all. Charm can fool you and beauty can trick you. But a woman who respects the Lord should be praised. You notice that if you're not getting the affirmation from your husband, this just came to me. There's a reason for that. You know, are you a Proverbs 31 woman? Now you can say, well, I can't really relate to this either, Paula, because this book was written in ancient times. Well, this is a modern translation. And I think I broke it down for you enough for you can use it in your life today and glean from it. You can use it because it talks about virtue. It talks about honor. And it talks about the type of woman a man would want to marry and the type of mother he would want for his children. So that's where the guys fall in here. That's where they come in play. Charm can fool you. You know, women have, we have this amazing ability. It's like we're born with it. (laughs) It's in our blood. But women uh, that are very spiritually minded, they can use their gift from the Lord, their intuitive nature to help others. They are amazing. Women are amazing. They're amazing nurturers. They're amazing. They're great in helping professions too because they can come alongside and they can see into a situation. I believe that's a gift. But when you take a woman who has that gift and she uses it for evil, she uses it for her own simple pleasures. She uses it and wastes her time and she wastes the lives of her husband, her children, and her family around her because she's a foolish woman. She's a fool. And, and, And I'm being straight with you. Sorry. Because it says charm can fool you and beauty can trick you. Because see, beauty lasts for, oh, you could say, well, today you can have all kinds of beauty treatments and you can look younger and people are going around making sure they look younger. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about balance and how we should look and take care of ourselves. But an overextension of that, a preoccupation with ourselves is deadly. I want to say it again, a preoccupation with yourself is deadly. For one thing, you're not spending time in the places where you should be developing yourself. And also, you're not able to sit in the presence of God and then focus on yourself at the same time. Did you ever notice that doesn't work? Did you ever try to pray to God while your mind is somewhere else? Just think through that. (laughs) Have you ever tried that? Like you're like, wait a minute, ho, 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 wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am not centering my thoughts and my heart, my whole heart on the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm distracted with other things. So it's not a time of worship and prayer for you. It's a time of you focusing on you. Okay, so you can't do both. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and your soul. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Those two commandments sum up the entire law. Did you know that? The law of love. So loving God first and others before anything else 
is the key to success then. Those two commandments, loving your children, loving your family, loving your friends, loving the body of Christ, your brothers and sisters in Christ. So her husband praises her. And he says, yeah, there's a lot of cute girls around. <laughs> there are a lot of sexy mamas. <laughs> you know, if you if you go into media and you see things that are being produced right now, you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, if you see how women are acting and behaving when they're protesting uh, these feminists or women's rights activists are protesting um, reproductive rights of women, which is so dishonest and deceptive because reproduction by definition means you know having offspring people so why be so dumb as to think they're not talking about life here we're talking about abortion here abortion rights so these women who are protesting to me I don't have any respect for that because they're dishonest you know wearing vaginas on their head you know you're more than your vagina just so you know (laughs) okay So charm can fool you, beauty can trick you, but a woman who respects the Lord, that word there means honors, deeply loves the Lord, should be praised. And what does it say? Give her the reward she has earned. Give her the respect she deserves. She should be praised in public for what she has done. You know, the Bible says that your gift will make room for you And it also says that you will come forth in your gifting because of the love of God in your heart. You will come forth in your serving. So let me break this down for you. Some people are very narrow. Now, why I'm going into this, I'm not just talking about tireless labor and making clothes and just having a positive outlook on life and just saying, praise God, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, <laughs> you know, just someone who does charitable work. But I will say that women who are busy taking care of their children and are working maybe outside of their home, they might have a job and they work mobily through the Internet. But these women, they are to be praised because they are doing the biggest thing that's ever needs to be done and raising a child. They are involved with raising up a human being for God. It's no small task. So a woman's job isn't, a woman's job is in the home. Come on, you know I'm not talking about that. You know I'm not talking about a woman that can't have a job. You know I'm not talking about a woman supposed to look ugly. I'm saying preoccupation with yourself. You know what I'm talking about. Idolatry. You are your own idol. Ugh, give me a bag so I can go vomit. What's most important here is the respect and love for the Lord. Not wasting your time. You know, I mean, gosh, don't waste your time on that. This woman should be praised. So the sayings of King Lemuel, given and taught to him uh, by his mother. It's about mothers. This is about a mother more than the king. The You know, the book, the book of Proverbs ends with this superb poem in praise of the wife of a noble. She has a noble character. She has noble nobility in her. A wife of a noble character. That's what it means in the King James, New King James. Who can find she is worth far more than rubies? You know, the opposite is true in our world today. 
is that money, 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 money. You know, get as much money for you so you can buy more things and shop, 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 shop for more shoes, you know, have more things. But, you know, the real woman, the real woman of God, her concern isn't just to buy a new pair of shoes. Now, if you need a new pair of shoes, go buy them. But some people are so concerned about petty things. They haven't used their faith even to believe God for a small item. You know, if you haven't believed God for one thing in your life, you are a sad case. So what I mean, developing faith. The woman of faith is a noble woman. The woman who has stretched out her faith to the poor is a noble woman. The woman who is praying on her watch, praying for her children and grandchildren, she's a noble woman. The woman who is doing good for her husband all the days of her life is a noble woman. You know how some women are? I mean, I don't, this isn't even in my thinking because I'm not around women. If there's women like this, I am so sad. But I'm a mother, so let me share with you and give you a spanking, meaning you need to be told. You know, life isn't about you. Pride is rebellion. A pride for artist is, you can't talk to me like that. You know, I'm somebody, you know. I'm somebody great. No, you're not. You're somebody great for as many years as you have on this planet, which could be 70, 80, maybe 90, more. And after that, you will leave your body. Your body is not everything. I know many women have spent a lot of money on their bodies. uh, And I'm not saying, you know, they shouldn't look good. But they're spending a lot of time with themselves. And there's a lot of pride in that. And that leads to the flesh. And the Bible is so clear, my friends. Listen, the works of the flesh do not profit you. The works of the flesh, that's how Satan gets into your head and you have dumb devils in your head because you spend too much time with the flesh. See, the mindset on the spirit, spirit is, is life and peace. So you will have a greater life, a fuller life, a more peaceful life when you spend time in the spirit, praying in the spirit, walking in the spirit, in the word of God. That's where you find peace in life. If you're not finding that, you haven't sold out to God yet. If you're not If you're not finding peace, something is wrong with you and God. No, you don't have to move somewhere else to find that. You won't find that if you you go across the world and say, well, if I had this, or if I lived here, or if I had that. That's so childish and immature. I, I can't even believe you would think that. Because, you know, grass is always greener on the other side. That's saying it's not. There's nothing greener over there. Everything is dead when your spirit is dead. When you're spiritually dead... There's no growth, there's no green, there's no blossoms, there's no fruit, there's nothing growing in you. The reason you're fruitless and barren is because you're not in the spirit. You don't know Christ. I pray for you now. I pray for you. If you're if you're if you're a mother and you're struggling, I pray for your finances. If you're a mother right now and you want to do better, but you don't know how, I pray that you would hook up with the Lord right now. You would call on his name, Jesus, help me. If you're not a a child of God, right now you need to repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your life and your heart and forgive you. He died for you. It says Christ died for sinners. He died and God, the Father, is giving you a free pass, a gift of eternal life. You're taken into heaven right now. So if you haven't accepted Christ or you haven't given your life up, maybe you had it one time. Maybe you had it one time. 
but you have it turned back now. Repent and turn back to God. If you're pregnant, you don't know what you're going to do. God has a way for you. He will make a way for you to take care of your child, your baby. If you are seeking God right now and you're in a marriage, maybe you're in an abusive marriage, God wants you out of that. He doesn't want you to be abused or your children abused. You know, there's an answer in Christ for everything. But the Bible said the just shall live by faith. It is the faith of God. It is in us, like the measure of faith given to us. The Bible says that we are all given a measure of faith to believe. So I want to say something to men out there. You're listening. A wise man believes in God. A knucklehead, you know, do-nothing dad doesn't believe in God. Because when you give your heart to God and you give your life to God, wisdom comes up and life is thrilling. And, you know, it's just not about having fun, you know. It's about working. It's about finding your calling in the Lord. And it's about being a good dad, being a good husband. So everything falls around God. You know, everything is about Him, about Jesus, and about giving your life to Him. And once you do, then you're on your road. But you have to get in contact with fellowship with other believers, too, that are true believers in Christ. You can't do this on your own. You need help. Believe me, it's it's difficult today, I know, to find a good church. But there are many ways you can connect with believers now, really, through the Internet. You can connect with true Christians on the Internet. You can find a, a group, a house church, or a meeting, a small group. You can seek the Lord. I did. When I was younger, I sought the Lord. Where, where are we supposed to go to church? I was a brand new Christian. I was living in a big city. I was away from home. And I went to a meeting up in a church. And I was still... I knew I wasn't supposed to be part of that religion anymore, that religious group I had come out of, like my my roots as as a young person, my childhood upbringing. I knew God was calling me out of that, but I didn't know where. Where was I supposed to go? Well, I just started inquiring of the Lord, and I started asking people. I asked my sister in law. I remember I said, "Do you know of any group that meets a church?" And she said, "Yes, there is one. It meets on Saturday nights." And I'll never forget that church because it was called New Covenant Fellowship. (laughs) And it was amazing. It was a non-denominational church, but it was a spirit-filled church. It was an evangelical, spirit-filled church. And I spent many, many, many years there. You know, the first part of my walk with the Lord was in that church, the growth. And then I moved to another church, was kind of an offshoot of that one that grew. And I was in that church. So for the first Oh my goodness, 14 years, 13 years of my walk with the Lord. I was I was tied in to the fellowship of believers. I was assembling with the believers, okay? And I was being used by God because there was opportunity for the gifts of the spirit to flow in that in that atmosphere. Um I was also teaching the word of God to children and I was involved and that's my, my prayer for you. And I didn't stop there. The next church, I relocated to another state, and I got involved in another church for 10 more years. So I didn't church hop. You know, people, there is a time when you are to move out of a church. 
but there is a time when you're to stay put and grow up in the Lord in that church. No perfect church. In fact, some churches, they're known to be hot, like hospitals. So a lot of people are bummed out about that. They're like, you know, it's got to be the right leaders. It's got to be people who are firmly planted and grounded in the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And they have a heart, they have a vision and a passion for Christ. And they are serving Him. Their whole motive is to serve God. So I'm going to talk about motives for serving and why people go to church in one of my next podcasts. So you want to stay with me because I'm going to talk about sometimes it's hard to find a church and then why you are in church. What is your motive? So I will close now with blessing you in the name of Jesus. And I pray that this podcast is a blessing and that you receive something from it and you go back now to Proverbs 31 and you open up your Bible, okay, to the book of wisdom, to Proverbs, and you begin to read that last chapter about the virtuous woman, okay? Whether you're a man or a woman, you need to read, you need to read Proverbs 31, okay? And I pray, Father, that who's ever listening to this will receive your word. They will hear the word, first of all. And it will be grafted into their soul, and grafted into their heart and their mind. It will never leave them. And they will know the truth, and the truth will set them free. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for being with me. Amen. Hi, guys. It's me, Paula. And I want to say Happy New Year officially. This is January 2020. Hallelujah. We made it through. <laughs> we're still going through, you know, we are <laughs> all of us. So I want to bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for being on my podcast and coming on my call on Tuesday nights. Please mark your calendar. 2020 is a very serious year of prayer. If you got your feet wet a little bit uh, last year uh, and you were kind of dabbling around and fooling around and in and out and up and down, maybe listening to the podcast, not listening to the podcast, you had some ups and downs. We all have had some trials and challenges, beloved. But I want to give you a couple of warnings. 2020 is going to be a bit bumpy, so we want to go through it together in prayer and support one another. Would you do that? Would you consider that today? I pray for you in the name of Jesus, and I bless you. So I have a strong word right now from the Lord, and I wrote it down uh, from the Holy Spirit. And when I get a word like this, first of all, I write it down and I document it. But there, of course, this isn't the whole counsel of the Word of God. You know, and I know that we know in part, we prophesy in part. So in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for everyone listening. Hallelujah for a new year, for a new day, a new beginning for everyone listening, a new day and a new beginning. And Father, I ask for your anointing to come. Holy Spirit, rise up big. The Spirit of God that abides in believers to rise up. Put everyone on this podcast over, Lord, in their minds. Put them over in their body. Heal them, Lord. In their emotions, heal them. Give them direction. I pray. I love you and I bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, by the power and blood of Jesus, I send this greeting to you. Amen and amen. 
So the beginning of the uh, prophetic word God gave me this morning early when he woke me, came last night. Well, it's sort of like he comes, sort of by, there's like an angel. It's like a ministering angel. The Bible says we have ministering spirits that are sent out to minister for us. And over my walk with the Lord, there's a ministering angel or spirit that does come. Now, you say, how do you know? Do you see him in the spirit? Well, I heard Patricia King say once that she sensed her angel behind her. Some people say next alongside of him, but... I always sense the Spirit of God through the angel of the Lord. So it's through the Holy Spirit in me, I sense him. But sometimes I have to wait because I'm busy or doing something. And it th- Listen, angels don't just barge in on you and start talking to you, okay? <laughs> I mean, they're polite, so I'm waiting on the Lord and usually have a message because they're messenger angels that speak to us. But we listen to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is gracious, and the Father is got our heart and he got he's got our back and he knows what we're going through and he came to tell me that the struggle and the pain and the hurt and things that I've been through over my lifetime really it's caused some problems in my life and and I'm not just talking about me I'm talking about some of you as well and you know who you are so the Bible says that he is touched with the feelings of our infirmity so if you've been infirmed in any way the Lord is greatly touched by that okay So I just want to send that word to you. He's with you in good times, but he's also there every day with you in sad times when you look to him. But some won't look to him, so that's why they don't get relief. If you haven't received from the Lord, it's because you're not spending enough time with him or receiving from him. Or can you know, do you know that you can do that? Yes, I've been teaching by the word and by the spirit. We listen to the Lord. They have to agree. The word and the spirit have to agree. Okay, we don't receive direction outside. Some people are looking for things in the natural to answer their their quest. Like, for instance, um, something over here happens, a phone rings, or, you know, somebody has this thing out here in the atmosphere. Oh, that's the direction I was supposed to go in. I'm telling you, that is absolutely ridiculous for a believer to follow that. The only way you're going to know God's will for you, if you've got a list for 2020, which I hope you made your list, of things you want to accomplish for the Lord in prayer. But you know what? If at the top of the list it's not Jesus, you got to go back and rewrite your list quickly. January 1st, 2020. It's got to be Him, and it's got to be more time, time with Him, for such a time as this. The title of my prayer call is For Such a Time as This. It is that Esther anointing. It is that, you can say I'm not an Esther, you might be an Eddie, I don't know, Edward. <laughs> It's for such a time as this that we are together in prayer. Amen. So the Bible says that we are to be faithful to him in all things, but we have we need one another. And the anointing of God is the power of the Holy Spirit that is with us and in us. The anointing is in us, abides in us. So some people are looking, I've got to get the anointing. I've got to go to the anointing. Boy, have you not read ever your Bible? The Bible says the Holy Spirit's anointing is in you. That is his power. That is his presence. So what you have to do is, you know, stir it up, turn up the flame. You got to get hotter. You got to get more inspired. You got to get more fire on for God. And so that takes time being in his presence. But what a wonderful place to be. Where else would you rather be? Where is his perfect will? In his presence. Being with him. I hope you know that. Because if you're not with him, in him, in his word, in the spirit, walking with him, you're not going to know his voice. You're not going to know how he speaks. You're not going to be able to know the truth. 
God doesn't do anything in a hurry. Gosh, I've been in this so many years, guys. God doesn't do anything in a hurry. Never, 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 never. That's you. That's your flesh. That's your mind that's out of order. That's your emotions that's scattered. That's your problem with your flesh. But that's not the Lord. The Lord is very consistent. He's on target. He's on point. He does the same thing. And he tells us, don't be weary right now in well-doing. Okay? So now back to the prophetic word I received. The beginning of this word, I have it dated January uh, 2020. Uh, Actually, it was today that I received the word, January 5th, 2020. And first of all, it's a very personal word for me. It's Paula, you've been faithful to me. I've heard your prayers and the prayers of those who are standing with you. My heart is for America to return to me, just like Israel returned my daughter for they have fallen away, those in government, those who oppose me, those who have not been faithful to my will, will not fulfill their days, those who have compromised. I will see to it, I will see to it as you cry out to me that Donald Trump is reelected, that he does fulfill his term, no matter what scandals, no matter what the media is inspiring to do, I will show it to be in the wrong. I will open the blind eyes, the spiritually dead blind eyes. Those who are in darkness will see a great light. They will repent and turn to me, and I will save some. I will save some from their sin. No man can remove this president, for my hand is upon him. No one can remove him, for I'm using him as a battle axe. Stand for him. Lift up his hands that are fallen down. Lift up his hands, for he has been abused. He has been tested and tried. His enemies are lurking about to beat him. He has seen the traitors. He has faced them eyeball to eyeball. They have sold America out. Those who conspire against this nation, this land. He has felt their evilness. He has seen and heard their lies. He has known there is a greater mission, a much higher calling on him, not just a title president, not just an office has been given to him. He senses my spirit. Someone greater is is there. He has felt the outpouring of love from the true believers in my church. He has stood back amazed by this outpouring, but he is just a man and a man that needs our prayers. He cannot walk through the dark days ahead with me unless we bow our knee, unless he bows his knee to me and humbles himself in prayer. And he calls upon my name, Jesus, help me. In those long hours when the enemy is bashing him, in those moments of complete despair, in those moments of bewilderment where his heart is heavy, his mind has failed him because of the turmoil about him, his eyes filled with tears. Did he not cry out, Dear God, save America? Yes, he is the one who is crying out. But no one, no one knows this. Yes, he was not, he was not equipped to be a politician, but he has the job. He has the job because he has the skills He has the success, he has the fortitude, the ability especially to confront and stand before media, 
the false media, before the cameras and tell the truth. His past belongs to me, says the Lord. As far as his past, the church should not be concerned for his future hope is in me to lead and guide. We should pray for him so he will know the truth. Pray for his protection. Pray for his bodyguards. Pray for the military who surround him and keep these plots of the enemy off, balanced, the wicked one, the political opponents, those who oppose me, those who oppose God, who have made alliances with other nations to take him down, those who plot daily, who conspire together, those who have used others, the invulnerable places in these days, those who have looked at him as a playboy and have ruffled his feathers, yes, but those who do not want to see him reelected have paid great sums of money, says the Lord, to politically destroy him and America. So I say to you, wait, wait before me in prayer, and I will show you how to pray and what to pray for 2020. I will tell my prophetic voices in advance before I do anything. There will be a shaking. There will be many surprises. You will see it, and you will stand in awe as you pray. Some will be awakened from spiritual slumber, and others will fall even more deeply into the abyss. Many will not fulfill their days, but their end is near. Their lives because will end because they are willing to face the truth, and their pride has kept them from answering to the American people. So some will pass from this life to the judgment. Their past was never spoken or resolved because they were unwilling to turn to me to heal them. I said in my word, if they confess their sins, if they would receive my son, my free gift of eternal life, they would receive the gift of eternal life for my sacrifice was very great. All of my blood was poured out to cleanse and cover a multitude of sin in one's life. If they would have chosen to hear my word and obey my word, I would, I would that they would have come to me. I would heal them, yet they would turn away and resist my spirit, continue in their stubborn ways, their rebellious ways, refusing my correction. I sent my word to them to heal them, And they had time to turn back. Some, even from their days, their youth, from their childhood, remembering me. Before they had been seduced and corrupted by this world, the lust of the flesh, the greed of this life. The God of this world had blinded their eyes and taken them captive to do his will. For he needs a vessel to work through. So these lies, the enemy has perpetrated against me, says the Lord. So be assured, they had time before their passing to hear my word, to receive or to reject me. Time is not. Time is not, says the Lord. For those who would obey my voice, amen. That is the prophecy the Lord gave me, and I wanted to send it over to you because I felt strongly A word was given to me as well when I reached out to Pastor Larry Reese here in Virginia Beach 
for Frank to have prayer set over him and anointed him and laying on of hands and the spirit prompted me to reconnect with him at um, Cape Henry. It used to be Tidewater Area Christian Fellowship. It's Cape Henry now. And, and I went over with my husband and hands were laid on him, but also the pastor had a word for me. And one of the things he said is, you, I am telling you, he said, you are going to hear God's voice so clearly. It is like he is standing right there, clearer than you ever heard. It is going to be the most intimate time. And that has prompted me to start out this 2020 time alone with him and hear his voice. And this morning asking the Lord, what do you want me to share with the people on my call? And he said, all my saints on the call. He wants me to teach on the Holy Spirit again, the person of the Holy Spirit, the anointing that abides in you and in me, teaches you all things and leads and guides you into all truth. So I'm excited about uh, sharing with you Tuesday night. So please take a moment, listen to this, and I love you and I bless you. Thank you for being with me. I'll see you on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock.